Hi, I'm Trevor. And I'm Kyle. Uh, and this week, Trevor got caught up on some cinema. Uh, keeping with our uh, March Irish month, Irish films, uh, I had Trevor watch 2015's The Hallow. I found this movie looking for, uh, as I've mentioned before, uh, scary movies to watch while my girlfriend is out doing things. Um, <laughs> so she's in pottery class, uh, and I watch scary movies. Tonight, I actually watched uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer, which isn't technically a scary movie. Uh, but I actually f- I have to finish reading the article about it because much like Mother, I was a little puzzled at the end of it. Uh, it's not what you're expecting at all going in. Well, into it. I mean, I only know that director and I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I know he did The Lobster. He's uh, which, he's Greek. Yeah, um, I know his uh, his tone is unique uh, because. The reason why my brother keeps tossing the lobster out there as an episode he'd like to get the three of us together to do uh, is because he finds it hilarious. Uh, however, most of his friends and uh, they they think it's absolutely like horrifying. Yeah. They, they think it's it's horribly depressing and it's a horror film. My brother, I guess, was rolling with laughter. So I don't know if he's a sick, twisted fuck or what, but. Uh, Apparently, this fella has a unique way of presenting his stories because uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer, even just watching the trailer, I was like, whoa, this looks intense but alluring in some way. It's, uh, from what I'm what I'm gathering so far, it's a bit allegory. Um, it's, it's supposed to be, I think, mirroring some Greek mythology, which I'm not familiar with, which I'm going to read about after this. Uh, but this one, The Hallow, uh, I found looking for, you know, scary movie. It, it was a toss-up between this movie and Kill List, which keeps popping up on my radar. And actually, uh, the cop, Michael Smiley, mm-hmm. in this movie, he is in Kill List. Um, it really? might be one you want to check out, too. It's about hitmen, and it's a, it's a horror thriller with hitmen. So... Uh, Sounds right up my alley. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so The Hallow. um, I'll just give a quick, uh, a little brief summary. Uh, um, Husband and his wife and their newborn baby son, I believe it is, um, move to the Irish countryside. And they're living in what seems to be a pretty old house. And uh, some strange things start happening once they remove some iron bars from the windows. And... uh, I'd like to just call this um, what happens before Mulder and Scully show up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was how you packaged it before you had me watch it. It feels a lot like a like an X Files story, like the like the the cold open of an X Files uh, show, and then Mulder and Scully would come in to investigate. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think this is based off of some uh, folklore, uh, kind of just that I got. There's some uh, little green men li- living out in the uh, out in the woods. So, what what would what did you think of this movie? Um, I didn't think it was astounding in any way. No. But um, it's it's one of those it's one of those rare movies where uh, you appreciate what it doesn't do more than what it does, I guess. Because uh, it it never truly flips the fuck out and goes batshit crazy. Um, uh, spoilers. Uh, there's basically no body count throughout the movie. Uh, except for a couple of creatures here and there, um, and that's fairly rare in a you know creature-themed horror film. Um, it reminded me a bit of Krampus in that in that way. Yeah. Where it's like there's there's very little explicit gore like front and center on the screen, but it just maintains this intensity level at some point that um, 
it doesn't feel like a family film, but it just feels like we're we're trying to tell a story more so than scare you, I guess. Yeah. Um, and it's also it's very minimalist. Like there aren't many characters. Uh, it looks like it was probably low budget, but they made very good use of the resources they had. Um, but yeah, I, w- I wouldn't call it an astounding film, but uh, not a waste of your time at all. That's a good if way you're, to put if it. You're, if you're into this kind of stuff. I mean, for me, just seeing the creature designs is half of the joy of watching a movie like this. Just seeing what what the things do, uh, how they look, how they behave. And uh, the visual storytelling in this film is actually quite good. Um, right. There's very little dialogue, and they accomplish quite a bit of uh, exposition just via good editing and good shots. Well, here at CUOC, uh, I think that you've, you've just pinpointed something we try to do. Uh, we try to find movies for each other that aren't a waste of your time. They're not going <laughs> to be great movies, and they may not be bad movies, but they're not going to be a waste of your time. They're, they're worth viewing. Well, yeah, I mean, to the to folks that may not have listened to previous episodes, part of the concept of the show is that we are catching up on cinema, meaning we're trying to watch stuff we haven't seen. And in case you haven't figured it out by the way Kyle and I talk about movies, um, we have between the two of us, we've seen quite a bit. Uh, so we have to walk a bit off the beaten path sometimes to find stuff that, you know, one of us hasn't seen. Yeah. And so this is Kyle picking a movie I haven't seen and presenting it to me. How Not you... with the intent of knocking my fucking socks off no. just to get me to watch something new. <laughs> well, I mean, what did you think about how it was shot? Because I think there's some really, really good shots in this movie. There are. Um, I do have some com- I do have some complaints about the lighting. Um, <laughs> the, the fucking floodlights on display in this movie are nuts. Yeah, <laughs> Where yeah. are these light sources? <laughs> yeah, that, that bothers me sometimes. In Fast and the Furious, I think it's the most like the most blatant example I can think of. When they go to the, the first race out in L.A. somewhere, they do it like a, like a helicopter shot. You can see the lights, the set lights. On <laughs> oh, um, uh, what, was, what was it? Uh, Never Back Down. Oh, I remember that. The fight at the end of that movie has the oh. most... It, it looks like stadium lights. Like in a fuck, like in a, a high school parking lot or some shit. It's bizarre. It, that <laughs> movie is awful, but yes. Oh, uh, no, it's horseshit. But I do want to see the directed DVD sequels that uh, Michael Jai White... Um, he, like, steps in as the coach in the second one. And then by the time they get to the third one, it's like, nah, it, it's your movie, Mike. Just just go go do the movie. <laughs> I think I think your philosophy on film is, I will not watch this in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> this will not be seen on the big screen. <laughs> All right, so let's, uh, let's jump into the uh, plot here. So the family are moving to the countryside. Um, it, one thing about this movie that kind of threw me off, off guard was uh, how quickly it escalates. Like, we're 36, like 36 minutes into a, like a, a roughly 96-minute movie, and it feels like the last 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah, um, I remember when they were in the shack uh, after like the first major attack sequence in the movie. Yeah. Um, I had to pee, <laughs> and I paused it, and I was like, "Oh, shit! We're at like the halfway mark." Yeah. Like I thought we were getting to the end here. I guess the the director kind of breaks some rules. Like we get going quick in this movie, um, and we show the mo- we show the creatures pretty early. And we show mm. them quite a bit. We we show them pretty early. You usually don't get a good creature reveal until about an hour in, usually. 
Uh, yeah, we, the I mean the first reveal in Ernst of the Creatures was uh, was when I took my pee break. Yeah, like we're already in it. <laughs> About uh, like forty five minute mark, I think maybe forty minute. So the family are moving to the countryside. We have Adam, who's played by Joseph Maul, who is from Game of Thrones. Uh, Claire, she's in uh, Devil and Drag Me. I don't remember her in Devil, but I remember her in Drag Me to Hell. Um, Opposite for me. I haven't seen Drag Me to Hell. Nah, it, you're fine. Uh, Bojana um, Novakovic. <laughs> uh, they uh, they move out to the countryside with their boy, and she, I think the first shots we get, like she's kind of working in the house, and he's taking the, the baby for a walk. He's got the baby strapped. Um and I remember reading a little bit about this beforehand, just a little bit of summary. Like, we get some foreshadowing really quick in the movie. Uh, and I think what they mean, they, the pacifier falls into the creek. It, yeah. Um, the movie opens with a montage just showing us take a ferry ride to get to the get to the, the boonies. Um, but yeah, uh, I, it's funny. I was calling these characters man, woman, and baby yeah, all I mean, throughout my notes it might as well. except until like about the the last third of my notes all of a sudden claire became very prominent because mm-hmm. uh, i even said in my notes uh, count the claires uh, there's quite a few claires in this movie um but yeah uh there's a a shot that very very obviously keys in on this pacifier falling out of the baby's mouth when uh when his dad's walking around the baby's name is finn by the way uh, and they have a cool dog by the way oh yeah they have a very cute dog it's a it's a i believe it's a border collie very similar to the dog i have and uh my dog took notice to that uh this is another... i was about to say you're giving me shit for Dude, my movie <laughs> this is another dog movie it's tough i don't know what it is with the dog movies recently but it's been bad uh, no this one was particularly bad it's a toss-up between this and uh, the big man like the dog's in here quite a bit and they ruin the, they ruin the uh, they they take you out of the movie because they start barking. I'm like, shut up! I'm trying to watch the movie. Just hush! Quiet, stop it! Hush! <laughs> and they just <laughs> calm down. So um, Adam is is walking through the woods and he finds a, a an abandoned abandoned house. It looks like it might have burned down a little bit. And uh, as he's going through there, he sees a, a dead deer. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it's a pretty good, um, a pretty good dead deer that we've got. Yeah, it's it's not a bad. Uh, I mean, it's a fake dead deer, but it's it's not a bad fake dead deer. <laughs> it's a good fake dead deer. Uh, like on the scale of a good dead deer, uh, I put it as a solid, you know, five out of f- six. I guess I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's it's pretty good. He he's going around and he notices there's some there's some. Um, an odd way. It almost looks like something may have uh, come out of the come out of the deer, if I'm not mistaken. I'm I'm trying to remember. I watched this movie a, a week or two ago. So gonna I'm be... gonna I'm gonna pause for a second because uh, this is something that um, was particularly interesting for me. Because uh, uh, the way I, I tend to watch movies like this when I when I do go in blind and I do know that there's some sort of menace or threat that's going to come about at some point. Uh, I didn't do any research on this movie when I started watching it. I had a title and a poster. Uh, that was it. Nice. And the, and the fact that it was Irish. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, when when Adam discovers this deer, which uh, his dog led him to, by the way, um, he, he like puts on some surgical gloves to pull it off the wall because its head is kind of braced up against the wall. And it appears to have some like gooey barbs growing out of its head. Um, which got my uh, 
<laughs> which got my my mind racing and uh i have this thing i do when i watch movies sometimes where i i try to construct the plot ahead of time okay and um i was starting to uh i was starting to treat it as like a purely biological threat um because there's actually radio chatter um that's playing uh over the scene when we're driving to the countryside with this family uh with adam and claire and finn uh, and it's something alluding to uh if this if this forest is is sold um, by the Irish government, it'll be, uh, I guess, the, the last of the publicly owned forests will tra- will have changed hands and become private. Um, so I was thinking, I was spinning off into tangents, thinking like, uh, hang on, are we in like a dystopian future or something? Where like there is no wilderness anymore, or, or like are we destroying the wilderness or something? Are we at war with nature? I don't I don't know, but. Um, as soon as I saw the gooey barbs coming out of the deer's head, I started to think, ah, there's some sort of contagion or a fungal monster or something, which I was kind of right on, but there's more to it that confuses it a little bit. I feel like there's an environmental message here that I just, I was looking for and I didn't pick up on, uh, because I mean, at the end credits, we show loggers. Um, I don't know if you stayed for the end. I did. I did. Um, and at the very end, um, one of the little creatures, or the gooey creature thing is on one of the logs at the end, and it bites out yeah, of it. Yeah, the, the last shot in the movie is a demon face. It was a big thing in the 2000s for sure. Did like you? The, paran- the paranormal activity ending where you yeah. got to wig, wig out your face and get really close to the camera. I fucking loved that. That the first time I saw paranormal activity, it was awesome. I loved Which it. ending did you get, by the way? Mm. I got where she kills Mika. And then she just kind of looks around and then jumps at the camera. Oh, uh, I got a totally different ending. Wait, which um, one did you get? Uh, I watched it, I think, on DVD, uh, not in the theater. And uh, in my ending, she kills him. But then uh, we get to see time-lapse footage of her just standing over him in the bedroom. And then the cops show up and they oh. shoot her. Oh, I've heard. I remember hearing about that one. I think there were two or three endings. There but I figured were. I should ask. But... Um, yeah, uh, when uh, when Adam's in the woods, um, he's marking trees, and he even whispers to Finn, who's on his back, and it, he's his little uh, Yoda, his little Yoda sack on his back, basically. <laughs> he's, he's he has a backpack with a baby in it. Um, he like whispers to him, like, "I'm sorry, Finn, but you know some of these trees gotta come down." Uh, so you can start to piece together that um, I don't know. He's what would you call that? Like an arborist or a <laughs> I like that term. That I don't know if that's right, but I like arborist. I don't know if that's right. I'll allow it. <laughs> I'll allow it. But somehow he's involved with um, the purchase of the forest. Um, and based on the fact that he has fucking surgical gloves on him, I would imagine yeah. he has some background in biology or botany. Yeah, my my note when uh, he was doing this, I said, Adam appears to be a scientist. So that's what yeah. I was piecing together. Yeah, you can piece that together very quickly, and that's that's that visual storytelling I'm, telling, I'm talking about because... I don't think any of those words are ever expressly mentioned in the film. No, I uh, when I first saw the deer, uh, I immediately went to. I don't know if you've watched Planet Earth recently, um, but never actually. <laughs> really, you should watch. Yeah. You should watch some of those. They're very, they're very relaxing and very interesting. Um, but there's a specific. There's this um, this fungus that ants eat, and it. Uh, what it does is it makes them hallucinate. It basically, poisons them, and then the fungus kills the ants. And then it grows out of them. Uh, it's called. Oh, f- 
I can't pronounce it, but or it's insect pathogenizing fungus is uh, what it's used, what it's um, what it's described as. Uh, and it's really, it's probably one of the coolest things I've ever seen in that in that series. If you get a chance, I'll try to find the video for you. You can just watch um, that section. I I don't remember the name of the fungus or the mushroom, but uh, I'm well aware of it. I've I've seen other like National Geographic things about it. Um, and also there's a there's a, a PS3 game, uh, soon to be PS4 uh, game called The Last of Us uh, that is stellar. Um, and, and in fact, I would highly recommend you just look up some of the cutscenes because okay. it's an it's an excellent story. Um, uh, but it's basically a doomsday scenario uh, brought on by a fungal disease, it, pretty much exactly as you're describing. So instead of your stereotypical zombies, you have uh, mold and fungus retaking the land and creating zombie people that are, are have mushrooms growing out of them um and there's a there's a japanese movie from the i think the 50s oh i'll call called matango made oh. by toho the same people that made uh the godzilla movies and has like some of their brightest stars in it and including akira kubo who has the coolest smile ever <laughs> um it's about uh people who get stranded on a desert isle and the only sustenance on this island is a uh, mushroom that is suspicious to some extent trevor not only did i find matongo 1963 but it is 63 it is on amazon prime and i am subscribed so Uh, i think you'd really like matongo that movie scared the crap out of me (laughs) it's going on my watch list so uh, Um, thank you for that i mean you need to take into account it's from 63 but um the concept if you let it get under your skin, it is horrifying. Oh, I'm. It's, uh, it's on yeah. The list. It, it's kind of like uh, the ruins, I guess. Man, there are a lot of movies with this subject matter, and I'm I'm really I really dig this kind of concept. Like uh, body horror stuff is definitely, I think, my favorite branch of horror, if you ask me. Um, I, the body horror stuff in here is very light light yeah but uh not as much it didn't go as far as i really wanted it to yeah, I, was, I was gonna ask your opinion on that but yeah we'll get to it we'll get to <laughs> yeah, um, he's, he's doing some stuff and then while he's out um his wife claire is taking some iron uh rods off of the windows of the house um when i'm, I'm guessing this is the landlord or at least an, he's a neighbor for sure but I'm, I'm thinking that he might be the one they're leasing the property from uh, I think so, yeah. Uh, he is also from Game of Thrones. Uh, he is responsible for one of the, if not greatest, episodes um, in Game of Thrones, um, The Red Wedding. He's directly um, a part of that, and the Lannisters send the regards. Uh, this guy, <laughs> his name is Michael Mick something Irish. Um, Roose Bolton. He, he looks like a Mick something or other. He's a uh, Roose Bolton. Uh, he warns Claire that Adam is trespassing and is in danger. Um, and he's more or less the red herring if you hadn't uh, if you hadn't read up on the movie beforehand and kind of get like this guy's probably not the bad guy, but um, yeah it's it's horror movie tradition. Mm-hmm. It's like what the Texas Chainsaw Massacre had with the hitchhiker or whatever. Um, and there's all uh, I think the Friday Thirteenth movie had the same thing where there's a guy at like a roadside stand who's like get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> there's always some warning shot that comes across. Um, and yeah, he's he's kind of a prick, but yeah, 
clearly he he believes in what he's saying but uh he insists that uh adam speak with him not tomorrow tonight um and uh the wife claire she's like okay i'll tell him and then funny enough adam i guess got home like while they were there but he actually refuses to talk to the guy he's like you know fuck him (laughs) i got shit to do uh so immediately adam gets to work uh he he took a sample of the the goo and the barbs coming out of the the dead deer and uh he heads into his office or his study or whatever you want to call it um and my note here says oof the man's monitor is damn old (laughs) it's a computer monitor i was like shit that is beige as fuck um and his the map on it is covered in pin markers and see this is again my mind getting ahead of the film because i was taking the pin markers to me and like oh like is this like him tracking the spread of a contagion or something like is he tracking the goo is he tracking the barbs but uh no i think he was just i think the pin marks are just the trees he's marked that have to come down um but yeah he he puts the uh the goo under a microscope and he looks at the a sample of the cells and uh, we get a very The Thing-esque CGI sequence wherein a, uh, a cell attacks another one with these tendrils, like these barbed tendrils. And uh, I guess the goo wanted to be us! It wants to be us. <laughs> Wilfred Brimley shows up, mm-hmm. locks himself in the closet. <laughs> I, yeah, while I was watching this, I just thought of the Wilfred Brimley... Uh, yeah, he just shows up to down. to end the film. <laughs> um, so yeah, he, or, no, you just see his little makeshift spacecraft fly off in the <laughs> or crash into the Irish countryside. Shit, it's the thing. Um, so yeah, he, uh, I have my notes: microscope and then goo on the blanket. Does Claire find the glue? The goo on the blanket. The glue. <laughs> um, the goo. Uh, the goo on the blanket refers to uh, upstairs. Uh, we I think we get a lingering shot of uh, Finn upstairs in his crib, and uh, there's some. It looks like mold, mm-hmm. basically in the ceiling and the rafters, kind of, and it's leaking down onto his blanket. Um, what happens here? Uh, Adam heads up in the attic to look for the source of the leak because you know mom's like, uh, I don't want no mold on my child. Yeah, I don't like. <laughs> So she sends her man upstairs to go investigate, and uh, very conveniently, um, instead of <laughs> instead of looking for the source of the leak, uh, he instead thumbed through his uh, record collection, mm. and uh, the camera reveals in the foreground that oh hey, there's a big patch of like gooey barbs growing out of the fucking wall that he didn't notice. <laughs> so very clearly, there's some some sort of contagion or fungus invading the home without these people knowing. Um, and then uh, my next note says, "Dang, smoking weed in the house." That's what I saw. That's what I have down too. Smoking some weed. I, it, it might cool, be, cool, dad. It, it might be an attempt for um, for an Irish film to just have like, can we just have one Irish film where they're not drinking whiskey? Please, can we just have that? Can we have them just doing anything else? Uh, <laughs> Please. So yeah. Well, I looked at it as like an extension of him being a, a botanist or something, where it's like, yeah, he's the plant man. The plant <laughs> man. Uh, okay. During this scene, he's cooking. Uh, his wife is cooking dinner. Claire's cooking dinner. I noticed that she had a tiny heart tattoo on her palm here. Um, that was an interesting little detail. Uh, and 
he's this is when he's she thinks he's really stoned but i think he's really not uh he starts going on and on about the fungus that you had talked about yeah uh, exactly exactly that like he even has a he has a visual guide <laughs> he, mm. he printed out a photo of of an ant that's infested with a fungal disease of some sort um and i noticed the shots here were really obnoxiously tight like mm-hmm. everybody's faces are just crammed into the frame and then this is where the lighting really started to become a problem for me because i noticed like i don't know what the fuck kind of tungsten bulbs they have in all their light fixtures but like they have just a, a desk lamp facing the kitchen it's like like yeah. just super, super fucking bright. It just feels like it's like bulbs with no, um, like no glass around it. it, it yeah, like no, just it's just white. It's yeah. just a big white blob that, that covers half the room. I think the house is supposed to be old, and it probably doesn't have all of the pieces, like everything they need. So it's kind of bare bones right now. They've got their furniture, but they probably have some tweaks they need to make. Well, yeah, um, um, one thing that uh, has, I don't know become something i've paid more attention to in recent years uh while back i was listening to the audio commentary for a lot of the marvel movies because uh, those movies are very bad at uh at providing you with uh behind the scenes stuff disney's horrible about that they don't tell you they don't tell you how the sausage was made and it's very frustrating because a lot of the technical details that go into the making of those films uh I'd really like to know. <laughs> well, Trevor, uh, Chris, Christopher watching... Nolan, I think, is the worst, though. Uh, are he's, you... he's a fucking magician. Are you watching the Marvel movies for their stellar acting? I mean, <laughs> what are you watching those movies for? Uh, I don't even know anymore, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like habit at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's much. certainly not enthusiasm. It's just habit. They're it's too culturally memory. relevant to ignore. You just yeah, have to watch like, what, what would I talk about at the water cooler? Yeah, but God um, forbid China find out how we make these Marvel movies, then we're not going to have a market. I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> Honestly, because that's where the movies do the best. They, they, the Chinese box office just crushes it. Well, I mean, it. The, the Chinese box office has really affected the way movies are made and marketed, for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why we don't cast ugly people anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the thing I wanted to say was that uh, in, in listening to uh, Joss Whedon uh, talk about the Avengers and to a lesser extent, Avengers Age of Ultron. Um, I don't know if it's a personal quirk of his or what, uh, but there was a lot of repetition of the word texture. Um, it was something that clearly meant a lot to him. I don't know if this is common across like the, the minds of all filmmakers, um, but a lot of what he was talking about in terms of the aesthetic and the feel of the film uh, regarded its texture. Um, and that was something that I noticed about the Hallow is that it has kind of an interesting texture to it. Mm-hmm. Like even the the clothes that Adam wears, it's like lots of heavy flannels with some really like intricate patterns on them. Uh, there's a it's Irish, so there's a lot of brick and mortar houses and stuff. Everything has kind of like a mottled look to it. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's very few flat surfaces in it. Like there's fine details on every surface for the most part. And even though the lighting is a little blown out, like some of the props and the and the sets, I guess, have an interesting look to them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think Adam and Claire are going to start working on having a second baby here. Uh, Adam's yeah. <laughs> feeling a little amorous after uh, half a joint, and he's ready to uh, get it going. Yeah. Interesting signal, by the way. He steps on her foot. 
don't that's, know if that's like I don't know if that's like his A game or what. But. <laughs> I think it's play, it's it's I, it's pretty standard. I, that's just his that's his thing. I mean, couples have like their little tells whenever the other person's feeling it. You're like, hey, what you doing, huh? I think like, I'd get chopped in the throat if I stepped on somebody's. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have your own, man. You gotta have your own. You can't just you can't be taking his. That's his. <laughs> um, I think yeah, he's trying to he's trying to get her to do stuff, be a little spontaneous. You know, I think she has a little bit of wine or maybe he has a little bit of wine um, i think they share some wine um <laughs> and she's like no like i'm in the like they start making out i think and then uh, she's like cooking dinner and they just put the kid down and uh he's like no 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 i gotta finish dinner and i think a window breaks if i'm not mistaken yeah um my note here says cock blocked by pasta drainage and baby monitor yeah um <laughs> so she keeps insisting that the, po- the pasta <laughs> i need to attend to the pasta it's like i, I you know fuck the pasta it's like well no he should have stepped back and he was like well i mean i do want it al dente (laughs) you gotta keep on top of that you know (laughs) um but no uh they have the baby monitor on and baby finn starts crying um and then yeah window gets broken we hear that and uh, mom springs into mom mode like she she goes like like linda hamilton sarah connor mom mode uh, she races up the stairs and she steps right on that broken glass. Doesn't even flinch. Yeah. <laughs> like she's in mama bear mode. She's in mom mode. And there's a weird little beat here where uh, they they both run into the baby's room, and then the door gets pulled shut behind them. And I'm like, did the fucking wind do that? <laughs> like, I've I've definitely had it happen before. Um, but you have to have some kind of a. Uh... You have to have another window open. There has to be a draft coming through. Like, you need uh, another window open. And I don't think they do. Um, but having a broken window, like, having a window open is enough for you to doubt that it was supernatural. Yeah. Uh, so they find a broken lamp, and uh, immediately uh, Adam assumes that this is the doing of Mr. Donnelly. Yeah. Uh, the Colm. Colm. Colm, yeah. Uh, the fella from uh, Game of Thrones the red wedding guy yeah uh, so he hops on the phone and he calls the cops uh and then uh the cop that you had mentioned you'd seen elsewhere he shows up uh, or from that uh kill list movie kill list yeah all uh, right so our first sign of civilization in this <laughs> in this town basically it's not even a town they're in the middle of the fucking woods yeah uh the cop shows up and through <laughs> his investigation reveals that he believes it was caused by a bird I'm like, how big is that fucking bird? Yeah, yeah <laughs> like bird, birds bird. don't break windows, sir. Mm. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what it makes me think of? <laughs> a swallow couldn't carry a coconut. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, Monty Python. I'm sure whoever's listening's probably seen it. Um, yeah. So he uh, he tells them like, eh, it's probably nothing, and they're like, well like it's obviously calm and he's like well maybe it was a bird and he's like well you folks are new here um things go bump in the night here uh which is an eerie thing to tell somebody uh after they've had a window broken <laughs> like eh, let's fucking deal with it it's weird huh yeah he's like <laughs> you guys are fucked <laughs> bye <laughs> um yeah and then i have a quotations they took her ah Oh, um, so the pop, the cop, he he uh, hop, he pops a squat in the middle of the hallway for some reason, and uh, he exposits for a bit. Yeah. Uh, he introduces the concept of the hallow, 
Uh, he says that the locals, uh, they don't like you being here because they, the locals uh, believe that the woods belong to something called the Hallow, uh, a.k.a. the Fae, uh, so fairy folk, I guess. Um, and the cop explains that the reason why Mr. Donnelly, Colm, is uh, especially persnickety when it comes to uh, keeping the woods safe, I guess, or uh, not trespassed upon, uh, is that his daughter wandered out there on her own and was taken or disappeared. Uh, so it's assumed that the Hallow, a.k.a. the Fae, uh, took Donnelly's daughter, uh, which is why he's particularly a... He's got a bug up his butt about. Yeah. Um, so at this point, there was another little thing that got my, my mind running in the wrong direction. <laughs> uh, we get just a brief exchange between uh, Adam and Claire, and they're in bed together. And he's, you know, doing the, the husband thing where he's like, oh, everything will be okay, blah, blah, blah. Um, but we get a shot of her feet uh, that have been bandaged. Because she stepped on fucking glass. Even though she didn't react to it, she still cut herself pretty bad. Mm -hmm. um, so he patched her up. But I was thinking, like, huh, if this is going to be, like, a fungal infection movie, like, with a contagion of some sort, I was thinking that's where it would start. Mm. Is, is it, would, it would start at the wounds in her feet or something. But no, it never factors in again. <laughs> Classic <laughs> misdirection. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. You know. It was just me thinking... Paying too close attention, I guess. Um, um, so at this point, Adam steps outside with his camera. Yeah, he's going to take some pictures uh, for for insurance. I'm not really sure. This, yeah, this, that's what he says. I'm like, I think you're good, but whatever. And this was a this is one of those sequences in a horror movie where you. My thing when I watch scary movies, by the way, uh, uh, the Haunting of Hill House. I don't know if I mentioned it um, on the, the last Netflix show. Yeah. Um, I think I talked about the shots, but uh, I noticed that my thing when I watch scary movies is when I know it's about to get scary, <laughs> I put my hood up and I protect my neck. Uh, <laughs> that comes from when I was a kid, I went to That's adorable. Disney World, we went to Alien Encounter, and that was my first experience with a scary ride, and I wasn't expecting they have things that breathe and noise on your on your neck and it scared the shit out of me so now when i'm watching scary movies i have to protect my neck but that this, is that's adorable this was a protect protect your neck uh moment in the film um where you know something's gonna happen um <laughs> all you can hear is like the breeze and him just taking pictures and then of course we hear a stick break uh in the distance um is the dog engaged at this point uh yeah um so the dog is outside and my note just says dog is pissed <laughs> although i think he's actually whimpering so that's mm -hmm. inaccurate he's he's more concerned um but then uh the man starts using his camera like he starts using the viewfinder of it to look at the woods because it has like light enhancement of some sort and a flash um and we don't see it directly but through through the viewfinder of his camera we see like a dark silhouette of something that looks like I described it at this point as a goblin slash ape thing with <laughs> um, like white glowing eyes, like yeah. just two little two little dots, and it's it's a genuinely creepy visual, especially since it's like blink and you'll miss it kind of thing. Yeah, um, and <laughs> this is also the first instance where my notes indicate exterior lighting of the house is bright as fuck. 
<laughs> it is, and I think it's intentional because when we get to Colm's uh, house later, he has um, bright lights all over the place, but light plays light plays into the movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, he goes to go. Uh, Adam goes to check out the barn. Excuse me, the barn. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, we do get a neat shot here when he steps into the barn. Um, the camera that's following him, uh, we get the sense that he's being watched. The the, the view, which I was like, oh, this is a little creepy. And he kind of wanders around the barn. I can't really remember what's in there. Um, Nothing really happens. Um, no. The main thing that happens here is that he goes in there because uh, it's unclear if he hears it, but we, the audience, hear a baby crying. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as he's leaving, uh, he shuts a door in the barn, and it opens immediately after he turns around. He doesn't notice, and then we hear the baby crying again. Uh, make of that what you will. Uh, <laughs> um, and yeah. then, uh, then we cut to morning. Yeah, wake and, up in and the he's AM. he's in the car. He's got some hippy dippy children's song about like I don't know nature and love and happiness and. Uh, I guess he doesn't like it, so he takes it out of the tape deck and he swaps it out for some bullshit indie rock shite. Yeah. Uh, uh, so he's driving Finn to town, uh, and he's got his window frame uh, in the back seat because he he wants to replace the broken window. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Mama's back home. She's changing the baby sheets, and she discovers a gnarled what's it? Yeah. I have no fucking clue what this is supposed to be, but it just looks like uh, like a a rotten turnip mixed with a rat covered in tar. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks like um, a bunch of roots, a gross clump of tar, or, yeah, just it's just a gross little thing. Yeah, and she puts it in a garbage bag, as as I would do as well, except I'd probably have some more expletives to toss out there while I'm doing yeah. it. <laughs> Fuck Especially shit. if it's like, it's like, did this come out of you, Finn? <laughs> How? <laughs> You're like five pounds. Ugh. Um, while she's uh, while she's doing that, the dog wanders off, and you know my heart's racing at this point because yeah. I love border collies; they're so cute. And now she's the dog's running off. Ah, like, oh, goddammit! Uh, but uh, we cut back to um, we cut back to Adam, and he's talking to um, talking to the the window guy. Um, he's like, yeah, it needs to be fixed. It's broken. They just have some back and forth. And he's like, well, I can fix it, but if your wife doesn't put the iron back up, it's pointless. Yeah. Um, so we're getting the gist that the iron's important. Um, and it's odd that this guy would know that she took the iron down. Does he ask, or does he just know? No, he just knows. No. I mean, very small town, and even on the even on the drive-in, there's some like teenage boys that are mean mugging Adam through the car window. Yeah. It's like, I'm sure they have no clue who he is, but they know they don't recognize him, and that's enough. <laughs> um, meanwhile, back at the house, uh, Claire is doing some laundry. And did you did you notice what she's doing? It's pretty. That was really cool. Yeah, that was really wild. I don't know if this is just an old way of drying sheets. Like, you, you do it over the kitchen. It was over the table, I think. Yeah, it's like through the center of the room. And it's just I've, a clothesline. I've never seen anything like that before, but it's... Um, it's a it, it's very useful in, in that that we get uh, Colm standing in the background um, use of sheets to bring somebody in kind of deal um, and we're like well shit where's this going uh, and he he 
just kind of he's in their house like he didn't knock yeah, or anything. He just, yeah he's just there and, uh, <laughs> he, he drops a book he's like tells him like you guys are you guys are screwing up right now i need you to read this book uh there's things out here that you don't know about uh does he tell her to put the iron back up i don't think he mentions it but i did notice that he or his buddy i could i can't remember who they had a, a cage full of it was either rats or weasels they're they're hunting or something so i'm guessing like ferrets maybe mm. <laughs> i don't know but um yeah he gives her the necronomicon yeah. uh, <laughs> just very casually just here here's here's your copy of the necronomicon welcome to the town this could be an <laughs> x-files movie or you could throw in uh bruce campbell at any point oh that would have been great if he just like pulls up in his in his car oh, if he made a <laughs> if he made a cameo or just oh that would have been nice <laughs> Oh, yeah, you just show up, ask for directions or something. <laughs> hey, baby, where, how do you get to... Uh, you, <laughs> trying to get to Hollywood, baby. <laughs> Point me in the right direction. Just the Emerald Isle, huh? I heard you guys got good beer. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, I don't think she really looks through it too much. I think she just sets it kind of on the counter. and She's a little uncomfortable at this point, but... Uh, he he leaves and uh, Adam and the, Adam and the boy are coming back uh, towards the house and they pass uh, Colm on the road. No, oh, he almost murders him <laughs> uh, on accident, like yeah, because he's not paying attention. And yeah. uh, he they just exchange looks and neither one of them want to talk to each other. It looks like like Colm's like you can talk to me if you want, and Adam's just like I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> um, but the the car. The car becomes possessed. Yeah. Wild. Um, yeah, the tape deck and the car flip the fuck out. Um, and Adam has a hell of a time just keeping the, the car on the road. Uh, eventually it gets so bad that he has to, like, spin out and bring the car to a halt. Uh, and then he hops out to investigate. He pops the hood. Black goo everywhere. Yeah. It's just covered covered the entire engine block. Um then he heads to the trunk, and uh, I don't know what he's looking for in there, but uh, we get a shot from the interior of the trunk, and we hear something squeal and then some sort of impact on the trunk. So it closes the trunk on top of him and then cut to black, and apparently now he's in the trunk. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, he's he's stuck in the trunk, and I noted that this is the first time the score uh, becomes apparent in the film, mm-hmm. and it's a little heavy-handed. Um, they they kind of go nuts with it here, where it's like intensity. <laughs> if you end up watching Killing of a Sacred Deer, the score in that movie is yeah, it's it's haunting. It's it's really good. Um, Ooh, we're only I like that. It's that and Insidious. I think you really need to watch Insidious. For I do. Video. I know. I know. I know. Uh, don't worry, October. We've got another. We got October coming this October. So uh, <laughs> we got October coming this October. This October, we'll have an October. So we'll definitely be catching up on some horror movies um, in October. In October, uh, <laughs> remind me. I have uh, I have some thoughts um, uh, coming up in the future here for oh. some for some uh, ideas for episodes. Um, okay, absolutely. but yeah. So we're only thirty six minutes. This is where I said that we're thirty six minutes into the movie, and it feels like we're we're closing in on the end of the movie. I think part of the reason why it feels that way is because the, we don't have many characters, uh, mm-hmm. so the sense of urgency is heightened because we don't have any fodder to chew through. Because mm. normally in a horror movie, like a creature feature in particular, you'd have expendables. 
yeah. that we need to work our way through before we can actually get to the people we care about. Whereas this one, we only have people we care about. So the first vic- quote-unquote victim we have in the movie at the 36-minute mark is the guy who's had the most screen time up to this point. Yeah, and he's demonstrated that he's a pretty good guy overall so far. Yeah, we need, like, Blade to priest has to die we have to get one of the uh oh fucking priest dude yeah, that was rough um and and, the, and the, big big baldy with the mallet yeah he went he went down like a chump yeah that that that, that little man got him so bad yeah <laughs> i ended up i ended up watching it without steph we needed to watch the second one and i got i got squirrely i'm like i want to watch it again and she doesn't well watch now you have an excuse to watch it again <laughs> uh well um she she and I still need to watch Pan's Labyrinth, so we're gonna probably have a double feature uh, Guillermo. Um, oh, you'll have a whole evening of Guillermo. Evening with Guillermo. <laughs> um, uh, my next note is um, dog is dead, but I feel like this is where, uh, Adam Adam uh, Mel Gibson's his way out of the uh, out of the trunk. Hey, like, we need payback. to we need to we need to hold on this moment for a second because. How dare you not compare this to Ace Ventura? Oh gosh! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but watching him, um, so the way he escapes from the trunk of this car, and we get some interesting interior shots of like him in darkness, like in the fetal position, trying to break his way out of the trunk of this car. The way he gets as he uses, I think, a crowbar uh, to bust out the rear of the trunk so into the passengers the rear passenger seat so he tunnels his way out essentially and then (laughs) and then he pushes his his face through the hole and has to tear his way out of the remainder of the seat and all i could think of was fucking ace ventura crawling out of that rhino (laughs) i'm gonna say he takes off of his he takes off his sweat soaked tidy whities and (laughs) gets out of the rhino i I mean i swear you you could put the audio of ace ventura over that just the (laughs) (laughs) all that shit that 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 holds up that scene holds up by the way Um, oh it absolutely does i just watched four weddings and a funeral which i'd never seen um and simon callow was in there uh, he he plays the bad guy in uh, When Nature Calls. The okay. of all animals, Mister Ventura. Uh, yeah. But that that uh, Jeep that Ace Ventura is bouncing around in in that movie, they have one just like it in Four Weddings and a Funeral. I was watching it. and I'm like, that's they have the exact same thing in Ace Ventura. Well, I mean, they do that sometimes actually with movies where they they recycle materials. Uh, I th- I think the most the most famous example that comes to mind, and I don't know why I remember this. I think it was because my dad like read it in the newspaper or something out loud. Because he's he's a dad. That's what they do. <laughs> um, it was uh, the Humvee uh, from The Rock, the the Michael Bay movie. Um, parts of it were recycled and repurposed for Armageddon, the other Michael Bay movie featuring an asteroid. Hmm. Interesting. So the the armadillo things that they used to dig. Yeah. I guess parts of it, components of it, were built from the Humvee. I bet you Michael Bay owns a Humvee. <laughs> I'm sure he owns three. <laughs> he owns one. Uh, at least one. Um, so, yeah, he, he tunnels his way out of there, and uh, the baby's still in there, surprisingly. Yeah, baby's oh. in there. It's It's got a little goop on it, but it's yeah. unharmed. It's still in the car. Um, let's see here. So... Uh, yeah, so the dog is dead. I don't know. Uh... <laughs> so, um, 
dog is not dead not yet anyway um man adam uh retrieves finn uh he hears he hears the dog and he runs towards the sound of it uh, which guides him home um he does in fact get home safe and as soon as he gets in he's he's freaking out yeah and uh he's doing the good old husband thing where you there's a serious fucking problem and you for whatever reason don't fill your wife in about it you just keep running around the house and grabbing weapons and stuff without telling them why you're doing it and it makes the problem worse (laughs) uh so he scrambles around the house he's turning on every light in there uh and he find he gets a it's like a break action shotgun just a a single like a tube gun basically yeah it's Uh, it probably came standard with the house yeah Um, she she even remarks that do you even know how to use that and he doesn't reply in the positive (laughs) it's just kind of like maybe kind (laughs) of i'll figure it out it's possibly it's not the worst weapon you could have in a situation like this but it's pretty close uh single shot shotgun is not going to be helpful yeah especially if you don't know what you're doing with it but uh so every bulb in the house is on I, i again i couldn't help but remark that every fucking bulb in this house is goddamn sun unto itself uh Adam heads upstairs. Uh, no, uh, he he puts Claire and the baby upstairs, and they hear some commotion downstairs. Yeah. So he says, "Lock the door. I'm gonna go be super dad McHusband, <laughs> and I'm gonna go downstairs and investigate with my gun." Um, and we get some interesting stuff going on downstairs where there's like lights turning on and off and stuff but it's behind a door so we can't see what's going on there's sequences of this that remind me of signs there's a couple of them like yeah Uh, i mean even the silhouette of these monsters actually reminded me a lot of the aliens and signs the alien the silhouette the kitchen thing i mean it's all very similar and this whole downs i mean this is a good um like um, tense atmosphere while he's you know going around downstairs and we're expecting to get a reveal or something happening but nothing really happens here um but it's done well i think uh yeah um we get teased like some sort of action or some sort of violence uh wherein the light finally goes out behind the door that he's investigating which is the kitchen door um and then as he's pushing open the door there's some sort of squeal and we cut away from him and we hear a gunshot so Claire runs downstairs with Finn. Uh, she finds Adam in the kitchen, and everything's fine. There's nothing in there, but the kitchen is fucked. Yeah. Like, everything's trashed. Everything's everywhere. And uh, Adam throws a temper tantrum, and he starts throwing shit off the table and kicking stuff, and uh, he is still insistent that uh, Colm, uh, Donnelly, is responsible. He's like, he came into my fucking home, God damn it. Um, I'm not sure... Uh, why he still thinks that, especially since he had black goo mysteriously all over his car. Maybe he assumed that the locals put that there. <laughs> yeah, right. And, uh, yeah, anyway, um, at this point, they actually open the Necronomicon very briefly. Uh, yeah, and he's... Uh, we can get an idea of what's coming, and he's kind of reading it, um, but he doesn't say anything about it. He just... He just kind of reads through it. Yeah, she uh, actually asks him, like, what's in it? And he just says fairy tale shit, you know? Yeah. And uh, he doesn't actually, like, ex- explicitly recite anything from it. But um, when the camera glances at the pages of it, we do see a picture of a baby in there. Like, yeah. a hand-drawn, a hand drawn like, it looks like a charcoal drawing of a baby. Uh, and then 
mama bear puts her foot down and she says we gotta go yeah we gotta we just gotta go we gotta gotta leave and you know i i can't disagree with that logic i was like you know that's actually kind of wise like that's that's the thing that people always bitch about with horror movies it's like just leave the fucking house just go (laughs) i was watching something recently where they explicitly stay i'm not leaving this place i'm staying here and i'm like you're insane leave (laughs) get out of that house um yeah mama bear she's right you got to get out of there yeah Um, she she says let's go and adam says okay i'll get the baby bag let's go and they they do which is kind of cool they they attempt to leave uh however on their way out uh the dog comes back and he is covered in goo and he's got one of those gnarled what's it's in his mouth and he Mm. looks all sad and messed up disheveled it was taking this pretty hard um, yeah, and at this point, my eye, my uh, my uh, mind continued to race. Uh, I was still, I was banking really hard on on my idea, <laughs> overpowering the script somehow halfway through the movie. Um, but I noted that the dog had one eye that was very, uh, it looked like bloodshot. Yeah, I was like, oh, is is the dog infected with something? It turns out I was correct, but not what I was expecting. But. Um, eye stuff uh there is eye stuff in this movie so yes if, if you got problems with eye trauma uh maybe not the movie for you <laughs> uh yeah so the dog's still not dead has adam uh, no got- he, he dies here <laughs> um yeah does- he takes off in the woods because we see a, a silhouette of a dark figure um that i don't know if it was intentional on the part of the filmmaker but at this point that particular silhouette looked plausible as a human it could have been a man wearing a coat or a hoodie or something i don't know if they actually had like an actor standing there without the monster costume just to trip you up or something but it did kind of look like a dude well we've seen mimic so we know that uh creatures are capable of um impersonating humans and these things are person-like they're mammalian they have they have an endoskeleton. I think they they look yeah. like they've descended from a common uh, <laughs> you just a common the ancestor. Pan's labyrinth hands. The common <laughs> common ancestor. Uh, you couldn't see what I was doing. The uh, hands over the eyes thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. So from here, uh, they're trying to fix the car. I believe. Oh yeah. <laughs> so my note here says car is double fucked now. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> they run through the woods to get to uh, this car, uh, and I, the I'm not getting a sense of how far everything is. That was kind of troubling for me because, like, he must have not been too far from the house because he follows the dog, and then they run at night through the woods to get to the car. It doesn't take him too terribly long, um, and then later but, she. By runs the way, the the woods look like a softball field at night. By the way, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I'm just uh, saying, the lighting was a little irritating at times um but yeah you're you're not wrong like it it felt like the run from the house to the car was long but the run from the car to the house was short yeah if you want to if you want to not be bugged by lighting in a a horror movie the ritual does a pretty good job of keeping it realistic of what it's like they're hiking so it's day like they're in like a really thick forest and it's kind of eerie because it's daytime and it's eerie in there wow uh, that's yeah. hard to do it's hard to do it's pretty fun um oh that's a creepy movie 
uh, <laughs> I'm just remembering them when they get to the cabin. Like, ooh, that was that was that was a rough sequence. Um, they are trying to fix the car, and um, little green men start popping up. And yeah. I, I was a little disappointed at this point. The movie was doing a pretty good job at uh, keeping the creatures out of sight. And at this point, we're just getting signs, monsters, signs, aliens in the background. And they start, <laughs> uh, they're working on the car. And uh, yeah, uh, Adam's, Adam's working on the engine, which, as I said, is double fucked now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't understand how this was plan A. Uh, because the reason why he ran home was because the car was fucked. Uh, the engine was covered in black goo. Now, when they get back, I'm not sure if you noticed, but the engine is even worse. <laughs> like, there's more black goo on it. True. So, if it didn't work before, how is it going to work better now? <laughs> his his adrenaline was pumping, and it was, I got thrown into this trunk. I've been in here for a while. I got out. I don't have time to try to get I, I escaped I that to... rhino's anus. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I have to get home. Uh, <laughs> um, cool. <laughs> Mama is... Uh, She's at the steering wheel. She's turning the key. And uh, when she finally gets it up and running, um, I think his hand is still in, in the engine. <laughs> so yeah. it actually, like, snags him a little bit. And she, she like, mutters a little, like, sorry. <laughs> like, sorry. E- even during, like, this heightened tense situation, she mu- she manages to squeak out a little sorry. But the editing during the scene is pretty cool. Because as Kyle said, the little green men start showing up. Um, and... At first, it just looks like, you know, there's a couple of them. And then we keep getting other angles around the car, and it's like, oh. They're multiplying. Uh, there are lots of them, and they're from all sides. And so by the time they get the car up and running, uh, these things are everywhere. Yeah. And they're completely surrounding them. And I noted here, uh, we still haven't gotten a, a really good look at them yet, um, but I've said, oh, they look a little bit like Pumpkinhead. <laughs> like, yeah, they they... They look a little bit like Pumpkinhead if you just smash them down to the signs aliens. I think that's probably what it is. And just a little touch of that that uh, that little baghead kid from the cover of that Trick or Treat movie. Yeah, uh, I wasn't expecting that. That was kind of a, a, um, a Guillermo move, if it were. Well, it, yeah, they, they have like a, a impish quality to them where they're, they're not like toothy fangy like monsters like big muscular things they're kind of small and, and gnarly and i guess you'd call them like like wood wood imps or something yeah they they look kind of like the mask from like the wooden mask from the mask like yeah yeah the mask of loki or whatever yeah but, uh, but yeah they they have like a kind of plant creature feel to them they're they're kind of brown and brownish gray i think um and they have these like I said, like little glowing white, beady glowing white eyes and uh, sunken features too. Like they don't, like I said, they don't have like fangs or anything. Their faces are kind of smushed actually. I'm looking at a picture right now. I've got it exactly. Um, They have the face and texture of the little creatures from the mummy returns. Just make them a little bit bigger. If you look at the picture with, with a little bit of Groot, yeah, with a little bit of Groot. I mean, I suppose if I came face-to-face with it, it'd be pretty menacing, but they're not super menacing when you actually see them. Uh, 
You know, one on one, I think I could take one. Yeah, that's <laughs> one on one on one. I think I could get them. <laughs> they have I, I no. Could, I could get some shots in there at least. <laughs> they have no martial arts training. If you just know a few <laughs> things, you can probably fuck one up. Yeah. Well, it's like if you get like exactly the right size of dog, you you look at him, you're like. Yeah, I think I could punt him if, like, he ran at me or something. <laughs> like, if you get a big, big muscular dog, no way. But, like, if you get just the right-sized one, it's like, yeah, I think I could catch him on the way in. <laughs> See, I think that the girl is actually the creepiest when we get to her. Yeah, Cora. Yeah. Um, and I think she's the one that they used for the demon face at the end. Uh, oddly enough, being as uh, I don't know that she survived the night. Um, but um, I'm sorry, but I had, I think my one and only laugh at this movie uh when they're in the car uh so they they take off in the car and they head to like a field again it looks it looks the lighting looks like a fucking softball field <laughs> like the looks like the floodlights are on yeah and it looks like the looks like the long grass second reference to jurassic park yeah uh the lost world don't uh, folks don't go into the long grass don't go into the long grass L- listen to rj not throw off the long grass. Yeah, throw your throw off your fucking backpack and don't go into the long grass. <laughs> uh, so they do go into the long grass, yeah. and we get some interesting shots of these little guys. It looks like they're springing up from the ground because they're like all hunched over, and it looks like they're rising from the ground or something. Which again uh, backs the theory of like plant monster kind of thing. Um, but the, but the creatures start throwing shit at them. Yeah. <laughs> And I started laughing because not only are they throwing shit at them from the fields, they're doing it with accuracy. accuracy. Like, they don't miss. Accuracy <laughs> and precision. Yeah. <laughs> uh. No fucking joke. They're, like, smashing all the windows. And they, yeah. they throw so much, so much shit on this car that she can't see out the windshield and she crashes. It is it is a little funny. I, I will give you that. It is kind of funny. Um, God, the poster for this movie is awesome. It uh, is. Um, I made it. sure to put it on the thumbnail for the for the file when it gets posted. Because <laughs> it is a cool poster. Um, uh, so this is when we get to the garage where I had my pee break. <laughs> the garage. Okay. Uh, or, or the barn, I guess. Yes, the barn. Is this where he gets pricked? Yeah, uh, my note here says, ooh, good eye trauma through the peephole. Yeah, <laughs> um, I... I'm a firm believer in never looking through the peephole. No good can come of it. Uh, don't look under the door. If you think something is in there, burn it. Just burn whatever, like burn down whatever <laughs> you're in. Whatever <laughs> thing that you're in and something's in the other room, just burn it down. Don't take what? any chances. Pizza! Get <laughs> <laughs> like, the fuck away from me! <laughs> Guns might kill it, but fire definitely will. Yeah, f- fire bad. Um, um, fire indeed bad. Uh, so yeah, uh, they hide in the barn and they're shutting the door behind them. And, uh, I think at this point, Adam mentions that a light, no, no, uh, Adam shuts the door and then for whatever reason, I can't even remember why, uh, he reopens the door to like take a peek. I'm like, yeah. dude, you know, everything that's out there is just going to throw shit at you or something. Like yeah. you don't want none of that. Uh, so yeah, he, he sticks his eye in the peephole, and uh, something pricks him directly in the eyeball. Yeah. And it's not explicitly gory at all, uh, but just combination of sound effects and his acting, like the way he crumples to the floor and uh, the contact lens that they had him wearing and the little bit of blood streaming out of his eye, it's like, 
ah, uh, eye stuff is always hard to deal with. Um, mm. And at this point, though, when uh, when they're trying to reclose the door because there's a monster trying to get through, uh, uh, we get our first close-up of the creature. Um, and the reason for this is that I think uh, while they're trying to shut the door, one of them has a flashlight in its face, and uh, it doesn't like the light. Clearly, it doesn't like the light. Uh, so we learned a little something about the monster. Um, we learned what they look like, and we learned that they don't like light, and we also learned that uh, they like poking people in the eyes. Because, uh, as I said, if you're paying attention, you'll have noticed that the dog also had some sort of eye trauma. Yes. Uh, so, again, Adam uh, goes into husband mode, <laughs> burly husband mode, and uh, he sends Mama Bear and the baby up into the attic. And he, in the meantime, I believe, is trying to get a generator up and running. Yes, he's trying to get the uh, trying to get the generator up and running. Um, have they figured out that um, that light? They're afraid of light. Have they yeah, figured I just mentioned that. Okay. Um, um, so at this point, uh, we're cross cutting back and forth between. Uh, this is a, I mean, every good horror movie has a siege sequence. Uh, he is trying to get the generator up and running. Um, meanwhile, Mama Bear is upstairs and these critters are trying to bash holes in the ceiling and come in through through the ceiling because she's in the attic uh and in addition to that there's a trap door that she's trying to hold closed and somehow this puddle of black goo forms on it and a hand comes through it's a big gnarly pumpkin head-esque hand with you know long ass fingers um so we keep cutting back and forth between her trying uh her trying to keep this trap door shut because not only is there a hand coming through it, but there's also something trying to push up, push the door open. Yeah. Uh, and we cut back and forth between her and Adam trying to get the generator up, but he's having some difficulty uh, because he's starting to get some sort of infection. And I believe the way this was demonstrated to us is through some really simple editing tricks, um, where I think we cut back to the uh, microscope footage of of the cell attacking the other one yes it's just a couple of shots interspersed with him like writhing on the floor and being unable to control himself so we piece together quite easily that oh uh by being poked in the eye somehow he's being taken over by one of these things um and do you want to describe the hand coming at her yes this was kind this was kind of like a like an important moment in the movie, I guess, because there are there aren't too many like really f- f- like powerful sticking like lasting images in this film, but that was one of them that seemed like something that would have found its way into a trailer or something. Yeah, I don't. I didn't watch the. Tra- I did watch the trailer for it. And I don't remember seeing this part. Um, but the hand is is not. It's it's reaching out as far as it can go. Um, but then the finger is basically elongating. And it's getting sharper and sharper as it goes, and it's going closer to her eye. So she's pushing down as hard as she can and keeping back her head as far as can, which is gonna be very difficult because she's she's holding it down. But it just keeps getting closer and closer to her eye. And the only thing, it's like Sarah Connor in the T one thousand. Like you're just waiting for it to just just graze it. It's just there, right there. there's that, and then there's the Lucio Fulci movie, the Zombie Two. Um, oh maybe the most famous example of eye trauma in film uh 
look it up if you haven't seen it. <laughs> it's, on my, it's on my watch list for a Canopy. It's on Canopy right now. I wouldn't call it a great film by any means. Uh, and entertaining if you're into that kind of thing. I am. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, the the eye trauma in that sequence, uh, un, like unparalleled in a lot of ways as far as I know. Interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, the way this extendo finger <laughs> unfurls, it looks kind of like a, a plant petal unfolding. And then uh, I don't know my plant anatomy very well, but the little, uh, like on a fly, it would be like the proboscises or whatever, <laughs> the tongue thingy. Yeah. That's the, the tip of it. And it, it's got like some goo coming out of the very tip and it's very nearly at her eyeball. Uh, but just in time, Adam gets the Jenny up and running. Uh, the, all the lights turn on and then all the commotion upstairs just stops. So the hand retracts, all the critters on the roof, they flee. Um, and at the very conclusion of the sequence, uh, Adam just absentmindedly, like, as he's, like, picking himself up off the floor, basically, just, like, grabs something to hoist himself up. Uh, his hand touches some, some of those iron bars that they had taken off the house. And we get a hiss noise, and his acting tells us that, ah, that didn't feel very good. Uh, yeah. Which, again, we can start to piece together uh, because of his connection with these creatures... Uh, maybe that's why the iron was on the house, uh, because they're allergic to iron or something. My note says, Adam is becoming one, burns his hand on the iron from the window. Ding! Idea! <laughs> <laughs> like, he, yeah, he, he's pieced it together how we're going to have to, uh, how we're going to have to do this. Um, so, uh, from here, where, where do we go? Uh, we head back into the house, I believe, and, uh. We get a really well-acted scene uh, from the gentleman who plays Adam where he is alone in the bathroom looking at himself in the mirror, and he knows what's up. Like yeah. he, he knows that he's losing control of himself. He's losing himself, um, and he's just breaking down crying. Like He's sobbing, yeah. and uh, Claire and Finn are in the other room, and they, don't, they aren't aware of all this. Um, I believe this is when he bandages his eye like he yeah. just puts like a makeshift eye patch on um he seems to have gotten it together by the time he presents himself to his wife and stuff uh i noted here that uh claire has some goo on her temple again again these fucking details that like i noticed that don't mean anything <laughs> it, it was probably just dirt or something um and at this point adam comes up with a plan where he's like okay i got an idea wife i'm gonna take the baby we're going to lock it in the cupboard. Oh. <laughs> and she's like, why would you do that? And he's like, I think it's a great idea. We're going to lock the baby in this cupboard. He's not going to be able to see us. He's probably going to freak the fuck out and be scarred for life. I think it's a great idea. We should put the baby monitor in there so we can hear him and he can't see us. <laughs> I think, or do they, have they put uh, iron up on the walls by this point? Uh, that's what they're doing right now. Yeah. They're, uh, they're so put- they iron up the house again. Good, good horror movies like this always need a siege of some sort, so they, they do the Night of the Living Dead thing where you board up all the windows, except this time with iron. <clears throat> um, and then Adam starts, I think, reading the book, but the way he's like he's like turning the book over, it looks like he's confused. <laughs> well, he's, Maybe he's having he, trouble with his deaf perception or something. Yeah, he's got one eye, he's turning into this monster thing, um, and here's the problem i have with them putting the baby in the cupboard real quick because i knew as soon as they did that i'm like they'll 
They, I think they cover it with some iron, maybe like an iron rod or something to keep. It uh, it's a garden shears. Garden shears, yeah. So I like they can go around that. I mean, yeah, if they come in the house and try to grab it, but they can try to go from above or from the side of the house. Like they could burrow into the side of the house and grab the baby. You need to have the, have the baby in like an iron cage, basically. Well, I mean, the way that this thing's hand, the way the hand came out at Claire. It was basically inhabiting the wood, like it, yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't breaking through it. It was inside of it, like making its home in there, kind of like like a fungus or a mold would do. I'm like, he just. Uh, I get what he was trying to go for, but I'm like, this is not going to work. And he's reading the book, and she's saying to Adam, like, "Can we just take the baby? I just want to check on him. Like, he's fine. Like, he's he's just a, just insisting that the baby's fine. <laughs> the baby just stays in there. The baby's fine." <laughs> Don't worry about it. And she's like, okay. And he's getting upset about it, too. Yeah, um, no, he's, he's, very, he's getting a little huffy. He's um, getting real frustrated. <laughs> um, I mean, I would be, too, if I had my eye gouged out by some what's-it that was throwing shit at me a few minutes earlier. Um, um, so at this point, uh, as he's, again, attempting to read the book, I don't know what he's doing. He looks very confused. <laughs> Because yeah. really, he's like turning the book over in his hands, like Top changing to bottom, its orientation. Right. <laughs> yeah, he, he, like he's not sure how to hold it. Like he forgot how to read or something. Maybe um, it was written in Japan and it was a little topsy turvy. Like, yeah, like, like every do I read pages. this like right to left or down and up or up and down? Fuck. <laughs> it was it, two people were editing the book. One was from Japan. One was from from uh, America. And then if like, you start wait, from like, the middle, you'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So at this point, um, I think he reads a passage from the book, and uh, we forgot to mention it, especially since I didn't write it down, so I don't remember it. <laughs> um, uh, this the movie starts with a quote um, that sounds like Iron Maiden lyrics because it makes reference to Hallow and uh, Hallowed Be Thy Name is a pretty good song by them. Um, yeah, he recites something from the book. Um, Mama gets a little uh, uppity, and she's. Again, she objected to the idea of putting her fucking child in a cupboard yeah. in the dark. <laughs> um, so she sneaks up to the cupboard and, like, not very quietly at all. She sucks at this. Uh, yeah. Takes the garden shears off and uh, starts trying to open the door to say hi to her child. Uh, and then she does so just in time to find one of these little critters uh, holding Finn. And the whole interior of the cupboard is just covered in goop. Yep. And the little critter jumps up into the ceiling with the baby and runs off with him. Uh, so both parents give chase. Uh, we get maybe the only instance in the movie where we're explicitly shown what it looks like when these things use, I guess, wood to travel. Mm -hmm. So it looks like a puddle of, of mold moving through a wood beam. And uh, Adam even points out, like, it, it's in the beam. <laughs> and he mysteriously arrives with a pickaxe. I don't know where he got that from so fast. But he just has a pickaxe. And he starts swinging at, like, probably the main support beam for the second floor of the house. Not sure if that's wise. Nope, not wise. <laughs> <laughs> and he starts putting well, he starts putting holes in the, the support beam. Uh, from the squeals that the monster makes, I think it pissed it off or uh, hurt it to some extent. But it manages to escape to the attic. Uh, he pursues it. Um, and then he corners it uh, in the attic. And pretty cool lighting here, actually, where it's mostly obscured in shadow, but there's uh, 
the holes in the ceiling that the monsters had made when they're trying to get in initially uh, are still there and like there's moonlight coming down through those holes so there's like pillars of light in the yeah. attic and it's kind of cool looking and it's cradling the baby so it's an interesting like fairy tale visual and he's got the the monster cornered but then another one uh sticks its hand through the roof and smacks him in the face and slashes his head open pretty good uh and then dang he takes a nasty fall down the down to the second floor yeah i got baby pluck i stuck adam ko down the ladder like he gets oh yeah it's a pretty solid fall like it looks nasty and the sound effects are pretty grim too like he his ankle goes directions it's not intended to (laughs) um so yeah i think uh now he's knocked out and claire takes chase like she's trying to go find the baby i believe Yeah. yeah yeah um and this i like this sequence this was a creepy this was a a creepy sequence here where she follows the basically follows the baby into the lake um this is kind of neat and then she i uh, again floodlights uh yeah uh, you beat me to it uh my note says goddamn floodlights at the pond (laughs) yeah like but i mean just for safety like just for safety on a set i'm sure you have to have it but like I couldn't imagine. I've been to. I worked at a day camp where we walked around the lake at nighttime. A few of us counselors, and we walked through the woods a little bit, and it's dark. I'm like, you couldn't get me to. You couldn't get me to get in that lake at nighttime <laughs> with the lighting. That there was no light. Like it was just oh, yeah. pitch black it's, out there. It's pitch black. And uh, she just goes in there easily, no problem. And I was. I didn't know where the movie was going from here. I'm like, what? what what's going to happen? But she comes up with the baby. And um, I think we come back, uh, come back, and Adam is becoming one of these things now. Um, yeah, he he set his leg, but um, we're doing the cross-cutting editing. We're uh, we're seeing more evidence that he's turning very rapidly. Um, and, and yeah, my my the way I wrote it in my notes was, "Mom gets baby from the pond!" Like exclamation point and question mark. Um, and, <laughs> and then my note when he, she returns home is. Uh, heads home man is a zombie because he much. is uh glassy-eyed to say the least uh, he's just like standing in the middle of the room not saying a goddamn word and it's a little creepy and uh, i noted here that uh when she shows up home um and throughout the in- the rest of the film actually uh they're very deliberate in uh which shots the baby is featured in because like probably 90 percent of the shots involving the baby from this point forward are from behind Mm, Uh, so you see the baby's face only a couple of times from this point on and they do a very good job of making you question what's going on here Uh, because when you do get to see it it looks like a fake baby and it very on the set it very well may have been a fake baby because there's some sort of visual weirdness going on with it either there's a cgi mask on it or it's a fake baby with a CGI mask on it. <laughs> I watched uh, when Hannibal came out. They had like it was on HBO, and they had like behind the scenes look. And you remember the opening thing where she gets into the gunfight with the lady who has the baby on her. Yeah, the baby gets blood all over, and she has to spray a hose. It was a fake baby that they were using right there. I'm not sure who did the. Who I think whoever did the Grinch might have been the person that did the the baby for that. But it looks really good. Um, there is an art to fake babies. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, I think the most famous fake baby was uh, I think it's called It's Alive, 
um it's a trilogy of movies about a killer baby and by the time you get to the third one it's like a tropical island full of killer babies um it it was like a political statement uh having to do with uh like pharmaceutical companies i guess and and pregnancies and so it was like uh same same uh concept as like scanners where it's like you're handing these drugs out willy-nilly and it's it's making for weird babies <laughs> i didn't see scanners i still don't see I, scanners. uh it's cronenberg i loves me some cronenberg best just, head explosion in film history i know but that i can't not think of wayne's world when uh when i think of scanners because it's like, did you ever see that scene scanners, scanners, scanners where that dude's head exploded <laughs> every time <laughs> yeah i could i can't not think of that well why do you think i saw scanners because that's a good that. point that's a good point that's what got me to watch scanners because i recognized the name um what the fuck was i talking about oh fake babies yeah um i haven't seen it but uh i looked up the scene from american sniper uh with the fake baby oh yeah oh that is that is laughable is it Oof. i mean I, again i haven't seen the rest of the movie it didn't really interest me but holy shit that is a that is a bad fake baby and that is bad fake baby acting i feel like there was a lot of controversy around that movie there was i don't know uh, what it was th- it was because of the guy uh was it chris kyle yeah chris kyle yeah it's because he fabricated some stuff in his like his autobiography or whatever did did jesse ventura sue him i think so wow like i know he, he claimed that he punched him out or whatever in a bar yeah and then didn't chris kyle kill himself uh either that or he was killed by one of the people he was rehabbing like a fellow uh, veteran wow okay because he, a- he would go on like like retreats and stuff with fellow veterans to like help out in their rehab process bradley cooper is one of these guys that's just having this amazing career and i'm not watching any of his movies uh <laughs> yeah that's, that's kind of where i'm at like, too <laughs> he's like he's just crushing it and i i haven't seen i don't think much outside of the hangover movies and that one where he take limitless i think limitless is the only oh, a, oh yeah yeah i think well, it's the I only mean, one put it this way the one of the movies I'm most excited for this year is Triple Threat, <laughs> starring no one you've ever heard of. Yeah. So um, I have my corner of the film market that I'm focused on, and unfortunately, Brad Bradley Cooper's not really part of it. I'm chipping away at a bunch of... May- old- maybe maybe when I have myself a, a girlfriend or a wife or something, I'll have to watch more of his movies. But for now, I'm, I'm, I'm fine being Cooperless. I'm chipping away at old foreign independent horror movies and like you need really to take a drag movies. off of a cigarette in between those like i want to smoke so foreign bad. independent movies <laughs> i want to smoke so bad when i'm watching these movies because you can smoke in all it's it's like a time capsule you can smoke in all these movies you, you can't really smoke do. in movies anymore trevor <laughs> they don't allow it you can't smoke just, now you don't understand oh it's great um so when when mama shows up with the baby uh she gets back to the house and like i said dad is now a zombie um <laughs> i i noted that uh she uh, she disrobes and they present this to the viewer in a very classy fashion where she hands the baby to her husband and she turns around and starts changing her clothes because she's soaking wet of course you want to do that because it's yeah. fucking cold um and we cut away from all of that 
so she she changes her clothes in the same room as the dude but we we don't show anything she's facing away and we don't get any of the details it's like okay thank you movie for not being weird (laughs) um but at this point uh, adam starts to lose it Uh, yeah he starts to insist quite adamantly that uh this baby ain't my baby (laughs) <laughs> yeah this baby starts to look like the the dead baby from train spotting spoiler alert um he, he starts to there it's really eerie so he's like looking at the baby but we're getting like a flickering and we it's see like batman th- begins when uh when batman has the fear toxin in him oh when yeah gets, when he gets gassed and everything's yeah. kind of vibrating it's kind of and vibrating. Has a halo on it and uh the the baby looks sick like the baby looks like it has pneumonia it like it kind of sunken cheeks the there's more dark around the eyes and he's just like this isn't this isn't our baby like this is not our baby she's like what are you talking about i got it got the baby out of the lake and he's like no no uh and before i think she stops him he's about to kill the baby uh yeah uh they they storm he storms off into the kitchen with the baby and he sets it on the counter and he has a i believe a ice pick <sighs> aimed at this child's forehead and what he sees is a demon child with um like a preformed hole in its forehead where he's hovering the the ice pick over so it's like the hole is opening in response to him getting closer with the ice pick um and it has these black sunken eyes and like a again like batman begins like a mouthful of tar yeah um, so that that shot is from his perspective so that's what he sees uh, meanwhile, mom just sees her child <laughs> and her husband with an ice pick over its face. Um, so she isn't having it. She stabs him with an iron nail, uh, mm. uh, which, as we've seen before, iron no good. Um, he gets hurt. She she runs off real fast with the baby. And uh, I noted here that, damn, uh, dad moves real fast for a guy that just had his leg busted to shit. Mm. Uh, and this is where his, his voice starts to get weird. And this is where... I started trying to count the Claire's because oh. there are a lot of Claire's in this movie. Stop! No, 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 uh, Claire! Oh gosh, I was, doing, I was thinking. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking of Randy Marsh doing uh, Jack Torrance. <laughs> Stop! But no, it's a uh, Danny, Danny boy. Um, yeah, it, it's him oh, screaming. You're talking about the bad dad <laughs> for a second there. Um, no, um, so she heads off to the barn again. The <laughs> worst place to be. Yeah, I, I mean, this is where maybe the budget of the film starts to show a bit, where it's like our number of locations is very limited. Uh, but I was going to mention earlier, I saw the the kitchen scene that where, where he's downstairs in the kitchen. Like, there's where the budget's at. Uh, we don't have a lot of money, so we're just going to throw some pots and pans around and ransack the well, place. they're... There weren't any glaring instances of like cheap, cheap looking locales or sets. In fact, all the outdoors, like all the exteriors, except for the the softball floodlights, um, all the outdoor stuff is very handsome locations and stuff. But um, the finale of the movie looks hideous. Like it is a soundstage. Oh yeah. Um, But we'll get there. Um, So at this point, uh, he is. I don't know if he's completely infected or what, but he is very serious about getting back to his his wife and child, and he breaks into the... (laughs) He, like, breaks through the door uh, that the monsters couldn't get through. Um, Apparently, his light allergy isn't as severe as theirs is. And at this point, I think this is when they start putting, like, full-blown 
monster makeup on him. He starts growing barbs out of his cheek. I thought it looked good. I don't know how it you did. felt about it. No, I, I, I thought it looked good. Uh, the the only thing that I didn't like so much was his eye. Um, gotcha. Yeah. At this point, I don't think we've seen it yet. But the the stuff coming out of his cheek, yeah, I like that. It looked that was pretty good. Um. Now, now she runs. Off. I think this is where Claire uh, runs off. And yeah, she escapes from him. Uh, we get some more scenes of him transforming. He starts growing barbs out of his shoulder now. So basically every exposed wound that he has, uh, at this point he takes the, the bandage off of his eye and it reveals like a, a sunken, just fucked up, like monster eye. He's got barbs and goo coming out of his face. He's got barbs coming out of his shoulder. Uh, and then he makes himself a weapon for some reason uh that's from the poster of the movie actually uh the the way i wrote it in my notes here was um makes himself a flaming scythe because why not uh so he he takes some fabric wraps it around a scythe that just happens to be in the barn and sets it on fire so now he has a flaming scythe sure (laughs) Uh, yeah, it, it it stays flaming for way too long. Um, oh yeah, yeah. No, it, it's magic flames or something because it never goes out. Um, Claire runs to Colm's house. She's just running frantically with the baby through the woods, and we get to Colm's uh, property, which is extremely well lit, um, like just crazy well lit. And uh, she knocks on the door, and Colm's got his gun, basically, and he's like, you have to leave. You cannot come yeah. here, uh, yeah. which is the last thing you want to hear from your only neighbor <laughs> that's <laughs> apparently within running distance. Yeah, again, it, it, the distance traveled in this movie is indeterminate. It's, like, impossible to tell. Um, oh. But, yeah, he tells her to get right the hell off his property. Um, meanwhile, uh, Adam has just stumbled across the the monster's lair i guess yeah i don't know if he followed one or if he just yeah he just stumbled. i mean he's he's kind of becoming one of them so maybe he he's knows got some instincts now. I, yeah. I don't know he, he just finds it somehow and we get to see the critters probably in the i don't know full body head to toe we get to see them in all their glory and they look good yeah um, especially when they're lit by the flames of his flaming scythe. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and at this point, I believe uh, he stumbles across a lady monster. Yeah. Uh, so we forgot to mention that um, Adam is convinced that that's not their baby. That's, I think, one of the reasons why he was chasing after. He's like, that's not our baby. And she's convinced it is. Well, we get down to the um, to their little, their little dungeon tunnel there and... Um, I believe it's uh, Colm's daughter. What's her name? Cora. Cora. Uh, by the way, I like that name, Cora. I don't it's know why. It's a good why. name. I like it. It's a good name. Um, she's down there, and she's, I think, the creepiest one of all these little monsters. And she's supposed to be. She's the only one that we spend the most time on. Um, and she has a baby. Yeah, I mean, what, what makes her particularly creepy is that uh, she's the only one that is obviously a child i mean from her appearance i mean she's all gnarly and fucked up and uh she has maybe the the most prominent mouth of all of them like they all kind of have like a a scarecrow look about them where like their face is kind of smushed they don't have much of a mouth 
she has like a gaping maw kind of and she's also very short she's very small so you get the sense that if this is indeed Korra uh, which it's confirmed later um, she hasn't grown or changed much since she was first turned into one of these things so it's like something that based on the way the other creatures kind of defer to her she's maybe a matriarch of some sort but her physical form is that of a child um an aged child for sure but still a child like small um and she has finn's pacifier as well as a baby cradled in her arms so now we're now we're very confused because now we know that there are two babies and that she has the pacifier so now we're starting to question huh maybe adam didn't completely lose his shit maybe he's right um which is effective storytelling because it it has us guessing as to oh shit which baby's the right baby um by the way uh the dog is in the room if if i if i remember right um yeah the dog is uh uh, the dog he doesn't look there. too happy, but he's he's there. He's in the lair. <laughs> I know, but uh, he's not happy anymore. Uh, <laughs> he's not a happy dog. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I think I'm. I'm. I watched this movie and this movie on Netflix called The Void. It's not a Netflix original, but I watched them almost back to back. So now I'm I'm misremembering. Because there's some body horror in both movies. I'm, I'm misremembering <laughs> the, the movies now because I watched this one so long ago because um, my notes are pretty scarce now. At this point, I'm just like, uh, I'm along for the ride. Well, we're basically at the end of the movie now. Yeah. Um, so Claire and, and her baby, uh, she's cradling her baby, and she is just wandering aimlessly in the woods at this point because uh, she tried to go to Mr. Donnelly's house. It didn't work out. So now she just doesn't know what to do, but um, she's wandering through the woods, and the only thing she has to ward off the monsters is a camera, uh, and she's using the flash uh, to scare them off because they don't like the light. Um, however, inevitably, the battery starts to run out, and uh, she <laughs> she goes from the woods, and she falls down a small hill and ends up on a soundstage. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's on this mossy soundstage. Um, with like amber kind of lighting um, that the camera runs out of battery uh, she has her oh shit moment and she just kind of cradles her baby and hopes for the best and just in time uh, Adam shows up and he's got a baby and a scythe <laughs> and he is still insisting that hey lady you got the wrong baby and he's trying to explain to her that um, the baby you have is a changeling uh, it's one of these things. They they're trying to pull a switcher on, switcheroo on switcheroo. You. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pulling a fast one on you. <laughs> I feel like you would know. You would feel like you would feel the difference. I I don't know how she's being tricked by this baby. <laughs> uh, well, like I said, um, part of what's clever about the the visual storytelling uh, from the from the pond onward is that we. We don't really get any shots, especially from her perspective, of the child's face. Um, so it, it's almost it's almost like maybe she hasn't taken a good look at it. Possibly, yeah. Like she's just assuming that, yeah, this is the baby. Um, whereas Adam, we get to see ex- like explicitly that he looks 
dead on close up on this thing and he and he knows in 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 his core that this is not the baby um so we get like maybe the only instances of of gore in the movie um so when when he sets finn down uh when he sets the baby down uh adam that is uh the other creatures aren't too happy about this so one of them breaks a, makes a run at him and uh he he ground and pounds this thing oh, yeah, <laughs> like, does. like he lets out a primal scream and he goes like fucking brock lesnar on this thing <laughs> yeah. um and he smashes his face in uh and then cora the the little lady monster shows up and just kind of screams at him and in response he just lops her head off with the scythe she had and it it, the way i described it in my notes was like okay like random last second gore it's like it doesn't it feels a little out of place because the whole movie has not been particularly violent up to this point and i'm not entirely sure that was warranted but it's a thing that happened (laughs) yeah um and then uh despite his efforts uh, adam gets run through from behind like he gets uh, impaled basically from behind by one of the one of the random creatures I wasn't expecting him to make it. He was he pretty much had to, you know, get Rose to the lifeboats. He just had to keep her alive. Uh well, yeah, I, absolutely not. Um no, I I didn't expect him to live pretty much pretty much as soon as he continued to ignore the problem, I guess. Like as soon as he was insistent that Mr. Donnelly was the problem instead of some other explanation, uh he seemed like we have three people in the cast someone has to die come on (laughs) somebody has to die um yeah uh at this point uh the sun starts to come up and uh claire makes her choice as to which baby she wants to take uh she takes the one that adam had brought uh so not the one that she's been carrying since the pond uh and then we get a very interestingly animated scene where uh the other baby the changeling uh rots in the sun yeah uh it looks almost like stop motion uh because it's i think supposed to be like like a time lapse kind of effect um but it's it's like face bursts open like a flower and and it reveals a skull it screams and it like it molders at the same time it's it's a really interesting looking effect um pretty sure it was cgi um but it looks like stop motion it's kind of again like krampus i guess like the the uh, gam gam's story <laughs> oh yeah gam gam story <laughs> um oma ome that's right uh and in seeing this baby get rotted in the sun uh we figure out that okay mom got the right baby uh and i believe adam dies as well and all the creatures flee because the sun comes out um mom heads back home with finn uh i liked the shots like surveying the home in the daytime like seeing seeing all the carnage in the daylight was kind of fun um kind of remind me a little bit of dog soldiers which we haven't posted yet but we were oh, we that a long time ago um yeah, that's and then ago. the very last shot uh of the movie proper until the the end credit sequence uh is of the necronomicon <laughs> that's still in the home and uh, the wind blows some of the pages open and uh we see a hand-drawn image of a monster dad a human mom and a child so is this like a prophecy or something i don't know um but then the the actual end of the movie that plays over the front half of the credits 
is a like a bunch of loggers. I'm assuming uh, people that work for the company that uh, Adam worked for. They've come in and they've started to cut down the trees in the forest. And uh, we see a lumber truck uh, stop in front of the camera, and we see there's black goo all over the all over the trees that are mounted on the truck. Uh, so. I'm not sure if this is like an apocalyptic situation where like is the black goo going to spread everywhere and these things are going to take over the world or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's inconclusive. Um really it didn't need to be in there. Yeah, um and, like, and the like, very last image is demon face. Yeah. I was like I was saying like there there might be an environmental message in here. It thinks there is, but I didn't really catch it. It was very Well, I don't know what the situation was in ireland in 2015 like maybe this was a topic of the day or something possibly Uh, i mean i could see that i I know a shit ton of money is being uh traded in ireland right now like i think their their tech industry is really booming right now oh really like apparently like ireland's becoming a financial center in the world it's very recent but I, i don't know the details but i remember reading that the other day um, and uh, same with uh, the big man from from last week, where uh, I don't know what their union slash coal miner situation was like in the in the eighties and nineties, but perhaps that was a topic of the day. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, so yeah, I guess that would be the end of the hallow. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I I I wasn't overly impressed by it but at the same time i I loves me some creature features and it was just kind of kind of neat seeing a a, a, you know a practical effect monster on the screen like i'm I'm always game for that (laughs) yeah right same here like i wasn't blown away by it but i had enough fun with it and uh i think i think the idea was uh the idea was fun um and like i said it just reminded me of an x-files like something that they would have covered in the x-files like Scully, have you heard about these Irish uh, woodland creatures that uh, possessed a dad and he ended up dying? Scared the hell out of the mom. And she <laughs> saved the baby at the last minute. Yeah. Well, like, uh, well, I mean, it needs to be said that, like, for me, I've said this, I don't know on how many of these episodes at this point, but uh, a big thing about that attracts me to monster movies is is the the explanation of the rules. Like the instructional process that you have to put the viewer through in order to make a good monster movie is like you need to introduce the the creature like piecemeal like you need to have your slow reveal or maybe not slow Uh, you need to demonstrate its capabilities and its limitations and how how it interacts with the core cast i love seeing that stuff unfold so like little details like being able to figure out without anybody telling me through dialogue that he was infected through his eye just like the dog and he now has an iron allergy just like the monsters that's a sign of effective storytelling mm. and i like that kind of stuff so like small details like that i was i was applauding but at the same time it's like didn't exactly knock my socks off <laughs> but um, you know good good effort good effort <laughs> so i was actually looking for some more atmospheric horror like that that really that hard hitting tension building as you go along and uh it doesn't really it doesn't really build like that it does for a little bit and then it just kind of drops off um well um 
So like something like the the Vivich. The what? The witch. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't even. I wouldn't even consider that too atmospheric. It, I guess a little bit, yeah. Like it's. I mean, it's it's kind of a. I wouldn't call it a slow burn, but it's it just kind of burns throughout the whole movie where there's just this sense of dread in virtually every scene in that movie i think the one that i've seen most recently was them 2006 Mm. um that that was a pretty good um that was a pretty good slow burn um i keep wanting to watch session nine uh oh shit my brother had me watch that when i was like early in high school is it is it good is it is it a fun one it's pretty good um it's uh, it's quaint. I'll put it that way. Um, it's it's like it's all atmosphere. David Caruso is unintentionally hilarious for for exactly one moment, and I'm going to spoil it for you because it's like the entire reason I watched the movie because my brother kept saying this at me. <laughs> There's a scene at like one of the more dramatic, like scary moments in the movie where these two guys are together. And they hear a noise, and they, they're, like, deciding what to do about it. And the one guy starts to take off to go respond to it. And we get this slow zoom on David Caruso saying, No, wait! Fuck you. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what the f- What was that? Yeah, what was that? <laughs> but, yeah, Session Nine's pretty good. Um, There's a movie that I haven't seen. Uh, and now that I no longer have Netflix at the moment, I can't see. Um by the director of the raid uh gareth evans it's called apostle oh that's uh, on my list it's a period horror film and uh i think he's probably a very talented director based on what i've seen i've seen three of his movies uh Marintal and the raid one and two and i was obviously i was impressed by the action choreography and stuff but the just the the filmmaking talent on display was palpable and I, I have a feeling that he can he can knock something like this out of the park. So um, if you get a chance, maybe check that out, because I've heard it's very good. Gotcha. Um, well, um, yeah, if you want a nice... Uh, well, not a nice... Uh, if you want a little bit of a body horror movie with just a little bit of atmosphere, um, yeah, watch, uh, watch The Hallow. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you for joining us as we caught up on the hallow um i believe next week we'll be kicking off our three-part evening mm-hmm. with troy duffy yes uh, so until next time yeah <laughs>